Hey, hey, hey guys, what's up? This is the best you nation. I am one of your hosts, I'm Adler, and this handsome devil to my I'm left, right, I'm not sure, is Finn. And we are the best you nation. Finn, my boy, my guy. I think we have a really exciting episode for today. And uh I'm really, really happy to, you know, get a chance to actually do this with you because I feel like um, as of late, we've kind of been picking up a lot of traction and um, I've been getting a lot of people just kind of reaching out and just talking about just this content um, that we've been posting and stuff like that. So um, before we kind of get started, because I, I want to dive right into this topic, uh, where can they find the best you nation? Where are we located at? So first of all, guys, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day. Um, so the first place that most of you guys probably spend most or some of your time uh, social media. So Instagram is where we are at, uh, at the best you nation. Um, you also have access to our website at thebestunation.com. And I would say you could pretty much uh, do everything from the website uh, one of the things I've been kind of working on is making it a very unified, very universal um, platform for everybody to indulge on the uh, Instagram, on you know finding all the episodes of our podcast, our uh, store, things of that nature. Um, but that's pretty much it. Oh well, I guess it's important to mention you can find the podcast on all your favorite platforms, which include Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Um, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. for those who like audiobooks, is on Audible. So you you could pretty much find us anywhere. Uh, Any of you podcast, that's where we are. Yes. And, of course, uh, one thing that we are working on and in the upcoming weeks, uh, we're going to be making a larger presence on YouTube. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll obviously keep you guys posted as far as what and, we're doing there. And check out the website. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a, you know, this, this is just a, a few housekeeping uh, things that we, sometimes we get um, super zealous, overzealous, and then we just kind of just dive into things and we don't do a good enough job of talking about ourselves. But the truth is um, you, sometimes you just have to. Um, I, I do want to kind of just like, uh, just kind of touch on my week. Um, so this is just something that's still just a random thought in my head and I'm still trying to work, working things out. Uh, I was looking up the definition of humble or humility, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to pull it up real quick just because uh, um, I think that this is pertinent. Um, this is pertinent to like other people. Humility, the definition is modest or low view of one's importance. And um, this is just something I kind of want to just like have people uh, mull over. Uh, humility. I don't like the word anymore. Like I've, I use it a lot, and I, I've I've been trying to you know find a way to be more um, not not braggadocious or boastful or anything like that. But I'm starting to realize that I don't like it because it's saying having a low view of oneself, bringing down one's esteem for um, like just having bringing down your own esteem, and I I just. I don't like the idea of bringing myself down just to make other people feel better. And like sometimes, and I, I'm sure it, 
like I'm sure you can probably relate to this and probably deal with it to a certain extent. Sometimes like my positive attitude is my positive attitude. And sometimes I, I feel um, a little nervous or scared or just uh, intimidated sharing it with certain people because uh, they're so extrinsically like just upset and just negative about other things. And so sometimes I try to like, you know, all right, let me just make myself a little bit more scarce. And I'm starting to realize like that's something that is, it's a good trait to be, to like, I guess have, you know, not to be so boastful or like think that you're above and beyond everything. But I also don't think that I should have to dim my light in order to um, make other people feel better. If that makes sense. Like every single one of us, we are a light in the sky, right? And some of us shine brighter than others, but that doesn't mean that you should dim your own light just to make other people feel better. And I kind of wanted to touch to that because this kind of leads us into today's topic because uh, today we're going over uh, part two of burnout. And I think that once you kind of accept that that idea, that premise that you shouldn't have to dim your life for other people, then you can, it kind of helps, I guess it kind of helps um, highlight a different perspective when it comes to uh, burnout or fatigue or strain, right? And um, in the context of that, we have, uh, I think we discussed work burnout and uh, we went to that, but I kind of wanted to highlight uh, caregiver strain and compassion fatigue, right? Right. Uh, compassion fatigue is usually uh, when, like, let's say you have a friend and your friend is just constantly negative and um, just constantly calls you just so that way they can get some sort of compassion. And usually you're willing to give it, but then after a while, like if your friend keeps making the same mistake over and over and doing the same exact thing over and over again, you kind of get to a point where you're just like, all right, I don't necessarily feel bad for you anymore because now you're willingly putting yourself in this uh, situation. And I don't think that it's a bad thing to get because and this is why I wanted to discuss this. I don't think it's a bad thing to get annoyed or agitated or even frustrated with the fact that um, somebody just keeps on coming to you for the exact same thing over and over again and never changing, but then expecting and wanting compassion from you. Uh, I believe that we are human beings and we're called to uh, we're called to challenge each other in order for the sake of becoming better and if you're constantly complaining about the same exact thing and you're never changing or ever seeking a different outcome it's hard to feel bad for you and in other times i've i've felt guilty having that thought i felt guilty because you know i i think that we're called all to be compassion compassionate and like if I have good news and like, let's say I have a friend and um, I'm talking to my friend, I'm like, hey man, uh, I had a great day and this happened and this happened and I feel good about what happened during my day. And now overwhelmingly this person now has all these negative things to say. In past times, I have 
been guilty where I'm like, okay, well, this person's going through a tough time, so I don't want to talk about myself. And a true friendship, a true um, relationship, you're able to, even though that person's having a rough time and you can show compassion, you're able to still highlight the good parts of your day. And you should never be forced to be in a place to dim your own light just to make somebody feel better. And that's more so the context I want to kind of highlight today because we, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that, that's something that you can relate to or if that's something that has ever happened to you, but it's just getting to a point where society is, for lack of a better term, um, I think we're getting to a point where society is constantly doing the woe is me, where it's like, I'm having this tough, hard time which I understand that you're having a hard time and I will always try to be compassionate and considerate of your hard time. But just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that the good things in my life should be diminished. So if I choose to share a good moment, something uh, that's uplifting, something I'm happy about, and you in return respond in a negative fashion, then now I'm forced to start questioning, are we really friends? Because I understand while you're going through a tough time, I understand while you're going through a difficult moment, I can be compassionate, I can sit down and listen to you, I can help you problem solve. But at the same time in return, if I'm celebrating something that's a victory for me, something that I'm happy about, something that I'm positive about, and you're not capable to be or take step outside of yourself in that moment to just celebrate me in my victory, then I have to start questioning what type of friendship is this really? Is this just a, a, a friendship where you just, take, you just take from me basically, essentially? Because now all I'm doing is just sitting here listening to your problems, listening to your issues and becoming your counselor and becoming your punching board or your, uh, yeah, not punching board, your punching bag. And uh, instead of like being mutually like, okay, hey, I understand you had a, a tough time. Now let's, let me talk about this wonderful thing that happened in my life. And then you just, your, your response is lackluster. I have to question what type of relationship is that overall. And I, I, it's just, it, it's starting to get to me like where we're in this point in society where people just want to take, 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 take instead of give. The same way how people are quick to take compliments and two times harder to give compliments. So I 100% agree with you, man. Um, as far as, first of all, I, I mean, I'm glad that you had, I feel like in this last like few minutes, like you shared so much information. I could totally, I, I feel like I saw myself in the walk that you were sharing. Um, so first of all, I want to kind of go backwards to the whole humility aspect. I love the fact that you kind of address that in a manner where you are calling out the fact that humility is that idea of lowering yourself, right? I think that one of the greatest things that we have in society is that we have the ability to still be meek and be able to stride in the direction that we need to go, where it doesn't come off as arrogance. Usually humility is resembled or, or spoken about when somebody is being arrogant or prideful or thinks they're better than everybody. So I think everybody at some point thinks that they're better than somebody else. I think that we always put our subconsciously, we have ourselves on this pedestal of 
where do I stand and what's my overall, uh, you know, my performance. But like moving forward from that, just to kind of, like, I love the fact that you use that as a foundation to start this uh, the episode. Compassion fatigue, man, that is such a common attribute for healthcare workers, for people who are taking care of people. Uh, I think that's also just in general when you're when you have long term friendships and you realize that sometimes you you run into this uh, this mindset where you are now experiencing uh, the other person's problems or issues and it's kind of taken a toll on you emotionally, mentally, uh, and and I think that this today's episode right specifically because we've been talking about burnout. Um, it, it it's kind of it kind of dawns upon me because I think about this a lot and I think about how compassion fatigue kind of implies in my own my own personal life versus it also uh, you know implying into the workspace. So I wouldn't say at this very moment in my life I've experienced compassion fatigue in my own personal day to day. Um, I think that a lot of it is more so experienced in the workspace. And the, the reason I say this is because, A, number one, when you're somebody who has empathy for somebody and somebody who cares about other people and cares about their well-being and their overall, just the fact that you're human, we tend to be more uh, auditory to what is going on in this person's life. So for me, um, just as a brief example, let's just say that you have a condition and the first time I encounter this person with this condition, you know, obviously I'm empathetic. Not that I'm not empathetic after that. It's just, there's not much you can do for somebody if they're going to consistently, um, invest in the negative approach of their situation. And what does that mean? Let me break that down. So essentially we all have something we want to bicker about, complain about, we get frustrated about that we're going through, whatever it is. We tend to, um, we want to share with other people because we want others to understand where we're coming from. We want to share with what we got going on so people can rational with us or to give us some sort of outlook on whatever it is that's going on. And so oftentimes, you know, with compassion for Close my goodness, my goodness, I'm having a stroke. With compassion fatigue, it is this prolonged exposure to something along the lines of an emotional need or a trauma or some sort of experience that kind of triggers people, including myself and you and anybody else, to want to be heard. And over time, that could be a physical, actually, I should say it could be a physical, a physical need, an emotional need, a mental need. Um, and what ends up happening is, is over time, there's just not much you can do from the first time that you've had this encounter with an individual. So like I said, I don't know if you've had this experience. Uh, I know that sometimes I want I help people on a daily basis. It's just part of what I do. But you can only, you can only lead a horse to the water. You can't make a drink. And even though that sounds really harsh, the Bible talks about you can only do, you can only, you can only help somebody who wants to help themselves. You can only help somebody if they're going to put in a certain percentage into their own life. I can't fix somebody if they're not willing to fix themselves. I can be supportive, but that doesn't mean that's not going to take a toll on me. When you invest 
uh, into somebody else's life. You are pouring out into this person. It requires, it requires an emotional and mental and a spiritual and even sometimes physically uh, a part of who you are. And so fatigue is when you're tired, exhausted, worn out. When you do something over and over and over and over and over again, you lead to this fatigue. So one of the things that I personally have experienced more so is just realizing that you can't change people. You can't fix people, you know, especially, especially when that person has not acknowledged or has addressed or given them the opportunity to realize their experience, their trauma, their emotional distress, the emotional needs, which kind of goes into the second part of what you were talking about, which I'm hoping you'll bring up, but just kind of talking about the whole caregiver uh, strain. When you're doing something. I'll touch on you. Yeah. So like when you're consistently doing something, I guess I'll use another little quick example. People, we as humans, we thrive on compliments. We thrive on good jobs. We thrive on great work. Keep up the good work. You're doing great. I love what you're doing. Your work is amazing. We thrive on that. So when you're doing, when you know your work ethic is extremely impeccable and you are consistently pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And as much as I'm doing for other people or whether that's not even just me, I'm saying I, but anybody, when you're doing something for somebody else because they need your help or they are reaching out to you and you stress for somebody else, that is a expedited uh, train ride to a level of uh, compassion fatigue that comes from not being able to just look back and say, okay, I got to be able to say no. I have to be able to separate what is going to be beneficial for the person that I'm being empathetic with or to or towards, as well as realizing, are you being empathetic to yourself? We're quick to be empathetic for other people, but we're not quick to be empathetic for ourselves where we take care of ourselves or focusing on us, which is why we are, like you said it yourself, like we, we do a lot of pouring out to other people, but then we're exhausted and tired. And it's like, what, what does that do for me? And what, what, what gains am I getting from it? And that's the other issue. That's an old different topic of discussion is that people are so stuck on the idea of what can I do? If I, if I do something for you, what is coming in return? Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part with compassion fatigue is that at some point in that moment, your brain and your overall well-being and the spiritual aspect of who you are, now you're, you feel like you've convinced yourself that you've constantly, you're continuously doing something for other people and there's no true uh, reward coming from it. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just overstretching it a little bit. Um, I know that you wanted to talk about like caregiver strain because I think that with compassion fatigue, it does go hand in hand. Um, it does alter the way that we think about things. And it's not like we're wanting to be that way. You know, I think that's I'll speak for healthcare workers. I think we all experience compassion fatigue when we're dealing with critical patients, dealing with people who uh, don't know how to or don't want to take care of themselves and you're wanting to give them the best of the best. And it's so hard to take an L for somebody else when you 
keep giving them everything to make a W. You know, when you want to win and then they don't want to win, it's hard. It comes back and says, what, what's the point of me doing this? Why am I investing into somebody that doesn't want to win? And that's that burns you out. That will wear you out faster than putting in the hours to make it happen than to put in the hours and nothing comes out of it. That's exhausting. Yeah. It does. And you're, you're absolutely correct because uh, I, I do like the part that you highlighted. Um, you, you highlighted more on the aspect of fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. You, you kind of go into like fatigue forces you to act out of your character. Um, and I, I don't think that you can let that just go unnoticed. Fatigue forces you to get out of your character. It forces you to act out. It forces you to say and think things that you may have otherwise never thought, never even uttered, but because you're in a point of almost like a, it's almost like a point of distress. And now the frustration, the anger, the resentment, everything starts to build up so much. And that fatigue is, it, it's basically tied to all of those things. And that forces you to say the wrong thing or utter the wrong thing in an emotional moment. and you know, instead of taking somebody at their word during the worst moment, I think that's where you have to kind of start to decipher and be like, all right, when this person said this hurtful thing to me, were they in, were they in a place of distress? Were they um, a place of frustration? Like what were the circumstance, the ex- external circumstances that allowed or forced this person to um, react in such a manner? And um, one of the things that, like, my heart, it absolutely goes out to all of the single parents, the moms, the dads, the um, adult children that are taking care of their senile, demented, health-ridden parents. And my heart goes out to every single one of those people in those cases because you're just trying to love and offer care to the person that you love the best way you know how. And it gets frustrating because of, you know, uh, a doctor's appointment gets missed and now it just throws your whole entire schedule off for the week. Or the person, like, especially especially in adults um, who have um, failing health, you're, you're, you're a child. Your, your role is always a child and you take more of an, a parent role in that sense. And you're trying to give the best care you can for mom, for grandma, for dad, grandpa, whatever it is. And they're they're not accepting your help. They are either otherwise confused or altered mentally. And they say some really hurtful things. And you're almost forced to be the bigger person every single time. And no human is perfect. No human can take that level of vitriol and stress and not sometimes lash out, sometimes act out. And you may say something that you don't necessarily mean just because you're in that stressful situation. So my heart goes out to every single caregiver, every single person who's trying to give that level of love, compassion, and care to a loved one, and they don't get highlighted enough in society. They don't get enough attention. They don't get enough of you know, enough of a break. These are the people that actually need a date to themselves every now and again. But because of the call to service, 
they sacrifice, they sacrifice, they sacrifice, they sacrifice. And it, their life is just a never ending wheel of sacrifices. And unfortunately, when you just sacrifice consistently, persistently, always, then when you're in other relationships, you're giving and sacrificing even more of yourself to other relationships. It You're required, like you get so addicted and so used to being in a constant state of sacrifice that you are constantly taking from yourself to give to other people, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. However, there's a lot of people that look at your sacrifices and they just take, 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 and they offer nothing in return. And so if you're in a situation where you're the caregiver for whether it be a parent, a child, a grandparent, a loved one, whoever it is, you have to remember that you cannot be sacrificing so much to everybody else. You can sacrifice to that person, but you have to realize that you're going to need a moment in time, a little bit of a reprieve, a reprise, something where you can just focus on yourself, recharge your batteries, and then attack your daily task um, all over again. What you said is is exactly what I think a lot of people out there who are probably listening to this, there's probably a handful of people who are in that category of not getting enough praise and enough highlight for what they're doing. So one of the things that I just listening to what you were saying, and I think about the word strain, right? Yeah. When you think of the word strain, when you strain something, you strain a muscle, right? I think of working out. I just think of working out. It was the first thing I thought of when I heard the word strain. So we'll focus on that. And then I want to kind of bring this back in and tie it up as we're kind of slowly wrapping things up today. Yeah. When you strain a muscle, it's because you've put too much, uh, you've, you've done, you've put too much pressure. Uh, you've maxed out. You overexerted is the word. Yes. Overexerted yeah. yourself to a point where you now have, I would say more of a minor injury where it actually does stop. you. It could be major, but minor, we'll just say minor for the sake of strain that I've had was a minor injury. Um, and it really, it really held me back from being consistent in working out. Now it was, this wasn't recent. This was years ago. I really didn't know how to, didn't know how to work out. I more so just picked up dumbbells and did whatever I thought was right. But I remember one time I strained my bicep. It hurt really, really bad. Uh, and like doing anything after that, like for a couple of weeks, it just sucked. So I just kind of did exercises, did yoga, just stretched and stuff like that. But I couldn't do my workouts at the level that I wanted to. It kind of put me at a halt, put me on a pause. Yeah. So coming back to caregiver strain, it's kind of in the same context, the way that I think of over overdoing it or uh, what did you say? Overdoing it, not overdoing it. Overexerting. Over yeah, overexerting yourself. You tend to find yourself, uh, you start straining yourself to the point where at this point now you have cause a minor injury and the minor injury can be a mental breakdown 
Uh, maybe you drink. Um, maybe you find other means to escape. I, those are like the extremes. But then there's like the complete wanting of not wanting to continue to take care of that person. Um, maybe you just feel like you're, you know, you go into a state of depression, anxiety. A lot of these, a lot of these things are real. Like a lot of people do experience these things coming from that. Now, yeah. what? Why do I bring that up? Because when you think of being in the caregiver's perspective, first of all, I would say even us individually, we are caregivers and in, in our jobs, but there's the caregiving from the free willingness of knowing, Hey, this is my mom. This is my dad. I mean, you take care of your grandma, you know, and you, you've taken care of her a lot. I remember, you know, there, there, there was a time where you reached out to me, Hey, I need a, I need to go take care of my grandma. And I, it's absolutely admirable, very honorable of you to step out of your way, out of your day, out of everything that you're doing to go and take care of her. Um, you know, and, and while, yes, that is more so just, I feel like for you, it's not, it's not an obligation. It's just part of who you are. It's just, Hey, that's my grandma. That's my, that's my grandmother. And I got to take care of her because that's, that's in my blood. It runs in my blood to do that. Um, no matter what, I think that people, we all have a limit. And I think that we reach the limit sometimes because we do, even when we do good, not just because we do bad or we, we reach a bad point of our life. We do so many good things that sometimes that good comes back to nip us in the butt. And I think, uh, I've never, and I'm just going to be honest. I haven't had to experience where I've had to take care of a family, a family member. So this section, this part, Oh, this part of the episode, I, I would say I would have more of a harder time relating besides maybe more so from the work, the work experience. Um, but I definitely, I definitely feel for anybody out there who has a family member who has had to go through this experience. Like my grandma has, has dementia and it is a strain on, you know, my parent, my dad and his brothers who have to, you know, take care of her. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, especially when somebody who forgets who you are, uh, it's your mother, you know? So I think from it's more so from a secondary perspective, like listening to them and hearing what they've talked about and the the journey that they had to go through, especially in the beginning. Um, now she's in a more stable environment where she's like in a, like a, like a memory care facility where they literally focus on taking care of people with dementia and day-to-day stuff. Is she doing great? Not really. I mean, dementia really screws people up, but those people do just like what we're doing in our, at our level, at our at different levels of, uh, work as far as healthcare is concerned but listening to it from my dad my 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 uncles they just kind of what they've talked about there's no paycheck there's no there's no real reward that's tangible there's There's no no trophy exactly there's no tangible here you go good job thank you for doing that um one of the things that i do think about just being in healthcare now is that there will be a time and a day where i will be in the reverse role from how our parents raised us, took care of us, fed us, nurtured us, changed us. Uh, the cycle is becoming more and more of aware. Not that I'm wishing that or saying that this, they've got time. I mean, I hope they're independent. You know, I think everybody wishes that their parents are going to be independent, but there is a chance and there's a possibility at some point there that they'll need that extra hand. And that I think that we go through life and we realize that 
you're twice a twice a child, once an adult, and you become the child ends up as a grown man or grown woman taking care of your parents. And I see a lot of people like that even at the hospital. You know, when I when I patients come in and it's the the daughter, or the son talking about their you know their mother or father's health. And are you familiar with the um? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it's like there's a term called the sandwich string, sandwich, sandwich string. No. So, um, when 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 they refer to like the sandwich um, string, that means that you are in that in between stage where you're caring for your aging parents, but then you also are caring for young children as well. So you're providing care on both ends, and you're stretching yourself out so so thin that that is usually a common denominator when you get to caregiver strain or whenever you think of caregiver strain. And that's oh, like, yeah, cause you're getting pulled on both directions. Exactly. You, there's no reprieve. You go home and you're required to, you know, be super mom or super dad. And when your kids are in school, then you're required to still be their parent, but then also take care of mom and take her to, to all her doctor's appointments and make sure that she, if she has any wounds that you have to change the wounds or if she needs to be cleaned up or changed or washed or um, go like to get a shower or anything, laundry, like you're constantly in a state of just consistent distress that you just get so overwhelmed and then you start to act beside yourself. And like, again, like, like you said, man, there is no paycheck. There's no trophy. There is no spotlight. There's no, no, um, Hey, thank you so much for doing this for me. It's just go, 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 go. And that's the thing that just gets like overwhelming. Like sometimes is the fact that like, you're constantly having to do all these things and you're, you're basically required to be a super person just so you can, um, provide the best level of care that you're giving to your loved ones. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, it was just what you said, just kind of just it. Uh, no, you're good, man. Um, I think of the, no, I, I mean, you're good, man. I, I feel like at this topic, it, it kind of, it's hard to talk about because there's certain aspects of it that is just, it is what it is. And it's just that there's nothing you can really change about it. Yeah. Um, I think that between compassion fatigue and then just the caregiver strain between those two, Burnout has burnout is the result of both. Those are two contributing pieces as to burnout. We we get tired, we get exhausted. It's a lot of work, and I don't want to sound like I'm just saying, "Oh man, it's an inconvenience." Because I'm not talking about it being an inconvenience. It's just the natural cycle of taking care of people, or taking care of a family member, or being a parent. Which I don't know what that's like. No, it is emotionally. Uh, I don't want to use the word taxing because I think raising a child or taking care of a, of a family member uh, is rewarding in itself because that's your I mean, family, that's, that's your loved one. But that's the word that you have to use because that's the truth. You're, you're, you're. It's taxing because you're. It still has its rewards. It doesn't mean that because you're highlighting its rewards that it doesn't mean that it's easy. It still takes a lot of effort and a lot of strain. And I think that in today's society, we don't really highlight. Um, we don't highlight enough of the the other aspects of it. You just highlight the oh, okay, well, hey, that's such an admirable job. You, you're doing, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z. So, like again, as I, I said, like prior, is my heart goes out to every single one of those caregivers. Like it, it, it really does because like a lot of people do not understand where you're coming from or what it takes or what you do. 
But because you do what you do, everything runs smoothly. You are a vital member to society, a vital member to your family. Like without you, they couldn't get through it. And if you don't hear it, like if you don't ever hear it from anybody else, just know that here at the Best You Nation, we see you, we hear you, and we value you, and we thank you for your work. Um, that's that's something that it just it just has to be said honestly. Um, I do want to kind of touch on like something that you said. Um, you you mentioned my grandmother, right? Um, my grandmother to me, she is probably one of my most favorite people in the whole entire world. And there was a point in time where she retired early from work just so that way she could be um, able to care for myself, my brother, and um, a few of my other cousins while our parents worked. And she kept the house full of like maybe six to eight kids at, at one time just watching over us. And she's fundamentally part of the reason why I can read, part of the reason why I'm good with math, because my first early memories were, was learning with her. My dad also played a huge role, but my grandmother has been so impactful to my life and my growth and my foundation. Uh, she's at the center, the core of who I am as a human being. And so when it's time for me to have to take her to a doctor's appointment or take her to go shopping, or if I have to help change or clean or do whatever, it doesn't bother me because I'm so greatly indebted to that woman that I, I realize that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her. And more importantly, she is the matriarch of my family. If it wasn't for her moving from Haiti when she did to come to the States, do you realize I would never have met you? She is the reason why I'm capable of doing this podcast today. She's the reason why um, I was able to, to you know, go to a private high school, go and have a college degree. And I'm part of one, I'm part of the first generation that was born here with a college degree, with you know, a, a background and something like, just something of like, as my grandma would say, of substance, right? Mm -hmm. Because she was, a house, she was a housekeeper. She worked in housekeeping at hospitals and she was a seamstress. She would alter dresses, alter suits. And she did all these like odd jobs. And especially she came during the sixties. She's a black woman that hardly speaks English. People are treating her however they want to treat her. And she's just working minimum wages to put food on the table. So when it comes down to it and it's time for me to have to take her to the doctors, take her to go shopping, take her to go pick up her meds, whatever it is that she wants me to do, I have absolutely no problem dropping what I'm doing in that moment because she has given so much. And I am eternally grateful for the person that she has helped shape today. Because I can tell you this much, I would not be the person I am if it wasn't for her. I don't know how it is for other caregivers. I don't know how it is for other people. But that is something that has to be said. And more importantly, like I, I now travel for work. And the reason why I'm able to travel for work is because my mom decided, hey, I'm retiring. 
I'm going to retire from the workforce and now I'm free. And because she's free and she's retired from the workforce, my mom, is, he, she has taken a lot of the burden of providing care for my grandmother. And I, I highlight her and I thank her so much because if it wasn't for her, I couldn't do what I do. And I've, I've had multiple conversations where it's just like, hey, mom, I think I'm going to come back home because I think that you, know, you guys might need me. And she's just like, you're young. You need to live your life. I've got it from here. And if I need you, I promise you, I'll let you know. And that's something that we, we're constantly highlighting and constantly going over, at least just in my own personal life. Um, it's, it's just something that just has, it just has to be addressed, has to be said. And I'm very passionate about this just because of like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have going on in our society and it, we don't highlight enough of the people that are constantly sacrificing themselves. Like I have to, like, I, sometimes I, I, I have to be like, mom, you need a, you need a day off. So I'll buy her a massage or buy her like um, a, a day to go get a mani-pedi because she needs to have a moment where she's able to feel like a human being and not just a secondary human being, but the primary, somebody who is worth having a day off and worth having a break. You can't just always put yourself in the, to, on the back burner on a consistent basis. Otherwise, you just burn yourself out. And that's just something that, um, I don't know, I, I just, I guess it's just heavy on my heart. It weighs on my heart, like kind of like consistently. And I just want to make sure that every single person that's out there as a caregiver, we hear you, we feel you, and just know that if you don't hear it enough, you're doing a wonderful job. That's right. Um. I don't think that there's really much else left to say on this, uh, but I just, again, we're doing some housekeeping uh, stuff. Uh, you can definitely follow us at the best you nation on Instagram. Uh, we definitely post content, just trying to, you know, stay in the mind's eye, but also be a source of positivity. And so you can get like small little snippets or clips of the, or previews of the next episode right there on the best you nation. And also check us out, um, at least check me out. I'm on TikTok 24 hours in a day. Uh, we're going to work on Finn, working on TikTok. I haven't quite won him over yet, but I'm still, I'm, I'm working him down. I feel like I'm, I'm working him well, down Well, we'll see, because there's, not to bust your bubble, but there's they're throwing it back into Congress, so they're trying to ban it again. Well, I mean, if they ban it, they ban it. But until then, I'm, it's still there. We're, hey, it's still there. It's still a tool accessible for all of us. Um, check out uh, the, our website. It's available on all of um, all of our social media platforms. And um, we also have shirts, merchandise. Here's one of the, um, this is the older one, but this is like the 2.0 version shirt. And um, I plan on actually uh, sporting a few newer products uh hopefully it's dry fit but uh i have a couple of uh ideas that we're working on for clothing and different options like that and uh check us out on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find a podcast we're there we're here we're that weekly source of positivity that you need uh we're that medicine that you didn't realize you need but we, we feel good after we're done you know sure. um I don't think there's anything else to add, but Finn, if there's anything, no. 
No. Um, other than other than the fact that we, you know, we appreciate everybody that you know has listened to our podcast and continues to listen to our podcast. Uh, I'm going to work on something that's going to allow for people to. Um, I'm going to see if I can do it. There's a there's a way to hear you guys and get your feedback. You guys can share. Um, you know, share your thoughts. Uh, we're going to try to see if we can figure that out. And of course we'll post it on Instagram. So you guys are aware, but there will be something where you guys, as people who listen to our show can actually contribute your voice and your thoughts on a topic at hand. Um, so we will announce that and see what we can do to get that more, uh, we'll announce that on a future date. Yes. To be more present amongst, uh, with you guys. So, Sure. With that being said, I have nothing else, man. Um, we just we hope you guys uh, are learning and growing because as we grow, you grow. And uh, I'm thankful that we have a podcast. I'm thankful that we have people who listen to us and want to help us uh, grow and be successful because that's our goal for you as well. So other than yeah. that, that's all I got, man. All right. Um, yeah, we wrapped it up. We thank you. We appreciate you again. We can't say it enough because I'm going to say it a thousand times because I, I, I try to practice the attitude of gratitude. Um, we hope that you guys have a wonderful week and definitely like, share, subscribe, and we hope that you guys have a blessed and wonderful day. Take care. Peace. Dude, I don't know who...